What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast. But before we can get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds, they are indeed all here. First, he is the man that just this past Thursday, when he went to see Transformers Rise of the Beast, he didn't fill one cup, he didn't fill two cups, but ladies and gentlemen, he went for the trifecta and filled all three fucking cups, ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. I was the Rise of the Beast in that theater. <laughs> he was he was dehydrated and uh, also had to have an IV shortly after, but don't worry, he's back to health, full health now. And, of course, the man who is back after uh, fighting off the demons in his head, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he is the man that doesn't need an introduction, but has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. I give it to you, hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. This is Diesel. Hashtag slurping oysters. Oh, hi. <laughs> if you're on Patreon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before we go into our normal week, uh, Ron just, just almost threw up again. So, before we go into our normal bits about how everybody's week was, Diesel did miss last week. So, Diesel, spoiler free, do not give a reason uh, that spoils anything. But what was your official score for Spider Man Across the Spider Verse? Easy, hands down, five. You gave it a five, too. Guess what that means? It was an all-out... Audience, say it with me. Legendary. It was all-out. Nice. Everybody gave it a certified nerd, so... There you go. Unanimous certified nerd officially. So, with that being said, since you were gone, we'll start with you. How's been the last couple weeks? Uh, so, I had a mess last week because around noon, I got this really bad headache where I've never had it to where, like, lights were hurting my eyes that badly... So I thought it was like a caffeine headache, but dropping a Mountain Dew in me didn't do anything, so I had to go home and just sleep. Yeah, you know I what it was? It. it was a tumor. Okay. <laughs> it's always a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. It's not the tumor. It's not the tumor. Oh, that's how I know you guys. You guys are just in my delusions from the tumor. Yes. Oh. We're not really here. This whole thing is made up. Don't worry. In a couple of weeks, we get to talk all about your delusions again. <laughs> Uh, but the week itself was, wasn't was bad. Uh, over the weekend here at Dragon Master Games, we had another Legacy 2K, which we had 32 entrants. Nice. So that was pretty good. It was actually a pretty, pretty smooth ran day. Got busy, but it, was, it wasn't too bad. And then Sunday was pretty slow, but I just worked all week and all weekend. <laughs> well, Ron, now it's on to you. Other than dropping loads <laughs> all over uh, the, our local Regal because of Transformers, the Beast War, Rise of the Beast. Sorry, I said Beast Wars because we were talking about, you'll, yeah, you'll hear yeah. all about that in a second. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Uh, week was all right. Can't complain too much. Our Wednesday group did uh, meet up and played, and I played like total dog shit this, that week and couldn't roll to save my ass. So it was just like, eh, I'm here, whatever. <laughs> you know, let's, let's just put up target so i get beat up instead of the squishy wizard and our squishy wizard completely like one shotted to pretty much everybody or took care of most of the groups nice. so i'm like huh, yeah i'll just stand in your way and just be a meat shield and that's pretty much all that happened there uh other than that you know it's been kind of relatively quiet weekend because some stuff happened and i had to take a friend to the emergency room and all that fun stuff but other than that you know it's been a 
Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've made it through the week. And uh, once again, sometimes you're the cookie and sometimes you're the, the guy who has to eat the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I had a decent weekend. I went up at uh, my buddy George's house, watched uh, his son play some lacrosse and got a little bit of sunburn. Uh, I got to see uh, Rise of the Beasts with them. I also got to, see, to go and take my kid to see it. So it was kind of a laid back getting out of town. This is like one of the last weekends that we could possibly do anything until the month of July because... We got all the graduation stuff going on, so can't wait to get through that season. But other than that, it was great. Hopefully, everybody out there had a great weekend and has a great upcoming week as well. But before we can dive into this week's show, we got to take care of the Bills and give you a little bit of shameless opening plugs. Of course, if you would like any information at all about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. You go to 3FNPodcast.com. There, you will find all of our social media links. You'll find our Public link. You'll find a link to the Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, and you help support the show and everything we do here. Also on top of that, you can find links for the 3FN Podcast 607TWS, the wrestling show that I do every week with Ken M from the ODPH. Go check out that if you're a pro wrestling fan. It's a must-listen to. Speaking of which, right at the website, you got friends of the show like the ODPH. You can go right over to their website or stream the show right from there. Also, big shout out to the musical directory section of 3FNPodcast.com where you can uh, check out such great bands as Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song you hear each and every week for the 3FN Podcast. Go check them out and all those other great bands and support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but not least is the sponsor section. And those are the people who help bring these shows to you commercial-free each and every week. Our good friends over at Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. Our, uh, if you're in the 607 and want to put the pride back into your ride, what's that number, Diesel? 607-644-3389. Of course, we're getting closer to Sci-Fi Horror Fest, August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. For all information about the event, including tickets and everything else, SciFiHorrorFest.com. And if you would like to get some energy like we do, Joe check out www.gg and use the promo code 3FNPOD at checkout for 10% off every purchase. But the most important thing you should remember is our main sponsor, and that is Dragon Master Games. Thank you for doing all the great sponsorship, including providing us with the A122 Production Studios. Make sure you visit them on the World Wide Web for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs at DragonMasterGames.com. And don't you fret if you forget any of that. Just go on over to 3FNPodcast.com and it's got your hookup. That's right. You know... Speaking of a little extra shameless plug here, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. This upcoming week and coming in the next couple weeks, I should say, because with Father's Day and stuff, we got to work around it. There's some extra exclusive stuff coming to 3FN podcast on uh, Patreon. Our patrons are going to get, like I said, as little as $1 a month, let you in the door and get you all the great action. And uh, there's going to be our review of The Flash will be there exclusively. Also, our review of The Blackening coming out also this week will be there. Uh, Because if you know, next week's uh, 3FN Movie Club review is going to be celebrating the 25th anniversary of Can't Hardly Wait. It came out in June of 1998. We're going to celebrate that here next week. So those two movies will both be at 3FN Podcast on uh, Patreon. So patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. A little extra shameless plug if you want to hear all of that great action coming up. Plus, 
There's great episodes of uh, The Outsiders. We'll be reviewing that on there. The Insidious movies going into the new Insidious. We're gonna be, I'm going to be catching up on all those. And every month you get to have bonus extra stuff. So we're going to be working it all out, especially since my time is getting a little easier. So remember, 3FMPodcast.com. I know, I'm shilling. Shill, Richie Shill. Diesel, we got to miss this last week because you weren't here. But I'm glad that we get to return to form because I really love this music. It is now time for... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. People went out to the movies this week and we got a pretty big box office. Coming in at number five with $6.9 million, The Boogeyman. Yeah, I did not hear good things. I ended up not going to see it because I heard some bad things. Uh, for its sixth week on the top five, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 pulls in another $7 million. Jeez, it's a movie that won't ever go away. Number three this week for its third week, The Little Mermaid with $22.8 million. Trying to make all that money. Yeah, <laughs> and this is uh, this is kind of a shocker. Spider-Man Across the Universe, and for its second week, pulled in another $55.4 million domestic. And that was only second place, though. Which is crazy because usually that number would be good enough to put you in yeah, first place, yeah. honestly. Uh, and coming in at number one, edging it out by an extra $5.1 million with $60.5 million, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Which we'll be reviewing, obviously, on this episode. That's awesome. What's coming up in the theaters uh, these upcoming weeks, Diesel? All right. Coming up this week, the the big ones that we're going to be seeing are, you said it earlier, The Blackening. Then we have Elemental, the animated movie. Yeah, I probably won't be going to see that, but uh, it looks it looks cute. If you have family and you have little kids, I think that's a good family. Plan. Yes. Uh, you know what? That's been a, we'll get to that when we talk about the review. I've got too much family going on <laughs> as far as movies go lately. And then hide your wives, hide your kids, because The Flash comes out starring Ezra Miller. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Fun times. Once again, we'll be rec- uh, we'll be doing a review for that in, after it comes out, after we see it, over at uh, Patreon, and same with uh, The Blackening. So check those out. And then coming out the following week, on June 23rd, we have No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. And then, I, I, I'm still unsure about this one, but Asteroid City. You know, there's a couple things that I, I, I think we're going to check it out, and we're just kind of tentative on it. If we do ch- end up checking out the movies, we might do a review over on Patreon. Because we were tentative, we are actually doing the 25th anniversary of The Truman Show. Uh, that will be coming up the following week for 3FN. So next week, uh, this week, obviously, we're doing Transformers Rise of the Beast. Next week, we are doing Can't Hardly Wait 25th anniversary, and the week after that, The Truman Show 25th anniversary. And that is spurned by the fact that Diesel's never seen The Truman Show, and yet the Diesel delusion exists. So we're going to dive into that in a couple weeks. And, uh, uh, so for you, those of you who have been listening to us a long time, including during the pandemic, and know exactly about the diesel delusion, I feel like this is going to be a super good treat because I can't wait to, I'm going to actually have you during the review kind of break down if it's similar to what you feel like in real life or not after you actually see the movie because you've never seen it. Oh, the three fat nerds go meta. <laughs> it kind of is. And I'm, I am working on a design and hopefully I will have it out before then uh, over on the T Public store of, of your head on uh, the Martian thing from that. That's what I'm working on. So <laughs> keep your eyes posted and uh, support us over on T Public. Link is at 3FNPodcast.com. That's enough of the shilling though, Diesel. These fine folks want to know how we're going to hit them off with that signature top three this week. All right. It's a oldie, but it's a goodie. And we always have new listeners, so we got to let them know. Your favorite childhood cartoon shows. 
Absolutely. And I, I changed some of them just because of the list. My number one help will and has never changed. <laughs> uh, my number three slot on this list is actually going to go, and this is going to sound weird to a lot of people, but the Ghostbusters show. And I'm not talking about that was based on the movie. I'm talking about the other cheesy one. I don't know. I grew up kind of poor and uh, I didn't always get the real Ghostbusters things. I told my grandma I wanted Ghostbusters and she got me those action figures. So I watched the show a lot. Right. If you guys remember oh, that. Yeah, that I was remember. The, the one with the, the gorilla and then the... Yeah. yeah the, so. the, new, the new Ghostbusters. Yes. They, they ended up calling it the new yeah. Ghostbusters. The other one became the real Ghostbusters if you remember. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then my number two, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I grew up in that era. I had all the toys uh, that was one of the things that I really like I, I I remember opening the box at Christmas time and there was like 15 action figures and I was like in my glory uh, and then my number one and it's always been my number one Thundercats Thundercats ho and I just didn't say that because I wanted to say ho but still <laughs> uh, Ron what's your top three uh, number three um, it's, I'm just going to put it out there it's going to be He-Man I you know as a kid I you know that was my era type of stuff and it was actually solid show for what it was. I'm gonna be honest, CKY ruined uh, He Man for me forever. Uh, if yeah. you've ever seen the CKY videos and you know the uh, certain video in question, I can't watch it. And it's not because it's a bad show; I just no. can't watch oh, it ever I, again. I, I know, I know what you're saying, <laughs> without, but it's like without laughing. But you also got to look at it as like probably the best marketing for toys because it was the same mold for every fucking character. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. except for Ram Man and uh one of the ones uh Well, Beast Man the- had all well, he had the same mold, but he had the fur on him. Yeah, but they also had Moss Man. So, it was two, so they got Ooh, two, two two out of them. Two. So, then you had uh Leech or something from the, yeah, the, the Horde. Yeah, so, yeah. that was like the only random one that was there's a couple of random ones that were by like, You know, they 90% did, of them were all the they same. They did some retro style figures and I was <clears> bitching about it because uh the uh the uh the cat the panther, if you yeah. will, the Skeletor would ride. When I was a kid, it had it was felt, yeah, and now it's just plastic. I'm like these motherfuckers. Yeah. They they cheaped us on the felt. Yep. And then uh, number two, it was GI Joe. Not gonna lie about that. I used to watch it all Go the time. Go Joe. <laughs> Cobra la la la. Um, and then number one is obviously Transformers. Diesel, your top three. All right, got a quick shout out for. A show that only lasted one season, so honorable mention for Silverhawks. If it had season two, probably would have named the top three. So, well, <laughs> it, it's it's solid. It was for what it was. Coming in at number three, though, we have Tiny Toons. I was a big Ooh, fan of Tiny, tiny Toons. Tiny, toony, we're all little loony. How about the episode tiny where they got cartoony. drunk and crashed their car and died? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a real thing. I just got reminded of that like a week and a half ago on YouTube. I was like, holy shit, that was a real thing. Number two, DuckTales. Ooh, DuckTales is always good. DuckTales. Yes. Woo! And then number one, same with you, not the same show, not the same placement, but I was a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, and I'm not sure how I feel about this upcoming Nickelodeon movie. I, I, I want to give I'm, it a shot. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching it for sure. I definitely will watch it, but I, there's something that seems a little off on it. Well, well you know what it is? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this up front. My, my only kind of reservation with the movie is it's kind of borrowed a lot from Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse yeah. and into the Spider-Verse. And and I'm like kind of like man, it's original in this zone, but not. But hey, if it's a good movie, I'll be happy. But yeah. I just think that that's what's throwing me off because the art style is very similar to the Spider Verse, and I'm like, but Spider Verse did it, and it was original, and now this yeah. kind of feels yeah. like it's copying Spider Verse in a way. And I feel like when you start copying things, it gets watered down. You know what I mean? Like the original is always going to be remembered better. Now I could be wrong, and maybe this is going to be a tremendous uh, movie. I think they have some of the best voice actors you're going to get. Like it's a hell of a cast yeah, for a, the Ninja Turtles movie. I mean, it's it's kids too like playing the turtles so that's a plus for me well yes and then you have but you also have some fucking very seasoned vets yeah, uh, playing, playing the, the older roles yeah. and stuff in the movie so I'm, I'm 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 game i'm definitely excited to see it but my reservations i was talking to somebody before it's kind of reminds me too much of spider-verse yeah. and 
as the one side, it's a that was new and that's the originality of Spider Verse. And on this end, it's not so new. You know, it's right. it's just one of those things. I'm tired of Hollywood copying itself. Is what I'm really trying yeah. to say. And that, unlike other people, I do go see original movies when they come out. So that that does make a difference. Like I, everybody complains about Hollywood, but then goes and shovels the same shit in their mouth. Yeah. So and I'm not saying I don't do that either because I'm going to Expendables Four. Let's be honest. It's going to be terrible, I, but it's going to be. Saw a that fucking, trailer. I'm like, you know, I'm what? in. I'm so in. I saw I'm the trailer in. and I went, "This is going to be a terrible my, movie," but I'm in. My sister's in. So oh, it's all <laughs> Diesel. You're in. No, you're fucking in. <laughs> We're reviewing it on the show. You're in. Oh, <laughs> it looks so bad. Oh, it's going to be. And bad. you can shit all over it. But do you understand it more than uh, the Fast movies, right? I saw the first one, and I was like, "This movie is not geared." For okay, me. then you're fine. You won't. Then just set your bar at that level because trust me, it's the same. It's just action for the sake of action. I think you'll be okay. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Schwarzenegger's back. <laughs> Stallone. Schwarzenegger never left. <laughs> well, he did for a little bit when he was go- when he was the governor. Governor. He, he couldn't be in movies. Yeah. So you know we lost him in some movies, but still, I'm just saying nothing. Anyways, I, I, you're going to be in. It's going to be fun. It's not like I'm making you go see Insidious. I know. It's just, <laughs> this is this is where I'm feeling like, all right, how bad can Fast Nine be, or Fast Ten? Fast ten your seatbelts. Oh, hell. and then I saw this trailer for Expendables forums. Like, yeah, but the difference. I, I'm going to say this: is the difference, the difference between the Fast franchise and the Expendables franchise is Stallone and company are in on the joke okay. for Expendables. Okay, so whereas yeah. in Fast, you know, literally they're buying into their own shit. Vin Diesel thinks that it's legit, like a great fucking franchise. Whereas in the Expendables, they know what they're no, doing. Yeah, the whole, it is all tongue in cheek. Yeah, the whole Chuck Norris thing was Ooh, all dude, Chuck Norris that. jokes. You got to see Expendables yeah. 2 just for that. Or just, I'll show you the clip. Yeah. Because yeah, Chuck, Chuck Norris does Chuck Norris jokes. He does Chuck Norris jokes about his character. Well, obviously, he plays a different character. Yeah. But his character has Chuck. Like, he does the snake joke. He was yeah. like, he was like, I'm, I heard you got bit by a snake, man. He's like, I did. It was a King Cobra. And after three days of agonizing pain, that Cobra died. <laughs> It was like, yeah. yes, he's doing Chuck Norris jokes. I love it. See, so oh, they're in on, they're in on yeah. the joke, Diesel. It makes it a little better. I'm just throwing it out there because they are in on it. All right. That's enough about Expendables 4. That's enough because we have come to the close of Diesel's movie triple stuff this week. It is now time, though, to hop right on over to... Welcome to... 3FS Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right. It is now time for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course, we are reviewing the brand new Transformers film, Rise of the Beasts. Now, for anybody who might be new to listening to the show or just needs a refresher on how we do things around here, you do not have to worry. We will let you know when we're going to do spoilers. So this first half is going to be completely spoiler-free. That's right. We're just going to give you the stats of the movie. Diesel's going to give you his synopsis of the film. And then we're going to tell you who made the film, who was in the film, and and then give you a spoiler-free thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down recommendation. Then we will take a break. After the break... We will then come back and we will give you one more warning before jumping into the full spoiler review before playing the game and giving our scores. So if you have not seen the movie, you do not have to worry. We will warn you in a great enough time about when we're going to talk spoilers so this movie does not get spoiled for you. Okay? 
With that, gentlemen, are you ready to talk Transformers Rise of the Beast? Sounds like a plan. Oh, yeah. Man, I got a story to tell. A racist robot <laughs> opens his heart to a young minority who helps save the world with the help of Maximals, Autobots, and humans. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I love the uh, racist robot portion. They did become best friends, though. They did. They did. <laughs> they realized that they needed everybody. I do. I will give you that. All right. Well, Transformers Rise of the Beast was released this past week, June 9th of 2023, with a runtime of 127 minutes. The budget of this film was $200 million, which I thought was kind of low for, but $200 yeah. million. Uh, you heard Diesel earlier talk. The domestic box office for the weekend, $60.5 million. The worldwide box office, $79.4 million, but it is to be noted that it has not opened up in most markets. No. Uh, this upcoming week is when it's actually dropping in a lot of the markets. I do think this is going to go up, and I think in China it's two weeks. Because yeah. I do know this movie is going to China, and they love big kaiju and big robots. Yeah. So I'm assuming this movie will make its money back, and then some, especially because the Chinese audience loves them some Transformers. So... They've got that going for them. I think they're going to make their money back. All right. Now that we know the stats of this film, if you will, it's time to find out who made the movie. Who made this shit? That's right. This movie was directed by Stephen Capel Jr. He doesn't have a lot on his uh, resume, but he has done a few movies. The Process of Elimination in 2011 was his first film. He would then do the critically acclaimed The Land in 2016. And uh, Diesel, you're going to love this. One of his latest movies, if you will, Creed II in 2018. He was the director of it. Nice. Next up on the screenplay, there is five writers of this film. So I am not sure. I looked it up a little bit and you, I couldn't find a straight answer. I'm not sure if there was an original screenplay and then they brought in writers to rewrite the film. I am not sure. I know this film had been floating around for a while, so it could have been there was an original script that they were going to shoot and then because it got put on hold because of the pandemic and such, they might have changed the script. But anyways, I'm going to give credit to all five of them, starting with... Joby Harold, who is alleged, it says screen, screenplay and story, so the story for the movie was done by him, so he was the original writer, I'm assuming. Uh, his first film that he wrote, Awake, in 2007. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, in 2017. He then did Army of the Dead in 2021. Yeah. And his most recent, not named Transformers, Obi-Wan Kenobi, six episodes in 2022. Oh, nice, nice. So uh, he's got a good pedigree there. Next up, there's a team of gentlemen Darnell Metier and Josh Peters. Uh, both of them have only done one other film that they wrote, BMF, in 2021. Okay. And then the last two are also a set of writers, and they are brothers also, Eric and John Hober. Uh, they have done a lot of stuff going back to 1998, and Montana was their first film. Then Whiteout in 2009, Red in 2010, Battleship, based on Has a Hasbro game in 2012, Red 2 in 2013, yep. and then Diesel, here's where they're going to win you over, The Meg in 2018. My Spy in 2020 was the last thing that they wrote together other than that name, Transformers, but I will let you know that both of them have returned, and they are the writers for The Meg 2. Nice. Uh, let's just be perfectly clear right here. The Meg does not need writers. The story writes itself. <laughs> yes, but they, they were the gentlemen who wrote the, that film and are going to be writing the sequel as well, or have wrote the sequel because it comes out this summer. Next up, the director of photography, Enrique Shadik. Um, first move, by the way, his first movie that he was the DP for, American Southern in 1995. Then, The Faculty in 1998, Ooh. Boiler Room in 2000, The Good Girl in 2002, 
20 weeks, 28 weeks later in 2007, 127 hours in 2010, Red 2 in 2013, so he worked with the Hober brothers there, The Maze Runner in 2014, Deep Water Horizon in 2016, and he was the uh, director of photography for Bumblebee in 2018. Oh. Most recently, not named Transformers, a movie called Voyagers in 2021. Nice. He had about 60 credits on his name, so obviously we kind of break it down. We don't go to list them. I thought those were the most interesting, though. So pretty good overall career for Enrique there. Yeah. Now that we know who made the movie, it's time to find out who starred in the movie. Love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? So this is going to be a little longer than normal, and I'm going to kind of shortcut some of them as we get there, just so you guys know. As you, that's what I normally do. But let's talk about the human actors first, not the voice actors. First off, Anthony Ramos plays Noah Diaz. Uh, first movie, White Girl, in 2016. He would uh, then be in A Star Is Born in 2018. Godzilla, King of the Monsters in 2019, Hamilton in 2020, and In the Heights in 2021, and uh, he was a voice in The Bad Guys in 2022. Nice. Uh, he's also been in a ton of TV shows, like episodes here and there. SV, Law and Order SVU was one of them, yeah. stuff like that. Next up, Dominique Fishback, who plays Elena Wallace in this movie. Uh, her first movie was Mental America in 2014, uh, The Hate You Give in 2018. She was then in Judas and the Black Messiah in 2021. And most recently, she is the star of the Prime series Swarm that just came out this year in 2023. I'm sure you've seen the advertisements for that everywhere. Yeah. I have not checked it out yet, but I've heard good things. Next up, and we got to talk about her last week, uh, and we'll talk about it again, Luna Lauren Velez, Brianna Diaz in this movie. Uh, her first movie was I Like It Like That in 1994. She was also in City Hall in 96. And I know we don't do a lot of uh, TV shows, but let's be honest, this woman had three gigantic TV shows she was a part of. New York Undercover from 1995 to 1999. Oz from 1997 to 2023, and Dexter from 2006 to 2012. Uh, of course, you would also most know her as a voice in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in 2018, and of course, reprising that role just this past week in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in 2023. She does play Miles yes. Morales' mother in that, in that movie. So, it's awesome to see her. I'll always remember her from New York Undercover because that was one of my loves when I was a young kid. And on top of that, of course, Dexter. Yeah. And Oz as well. But I think that her characters were better in those two other two shows. Next up, we have uh, probably the youngest uh, actor in the movie. Dean Scott Vasquez plays Chris Diaz. He's only had a couple movies, but one of them was in, in the Heights in 2021, which was huge critically acclaimed, if you remember. Yeah. And Nine Bullets in 2022. Nice. Let's jump into some of the voice actors, shall we? Uh, of course, we be uh, <laughs> you. You can you can't talk about the voice actors without saying Peter Cullen plays, as always, the legendary voice of Optimus Prime. Of course, I'm not gonna go through all his uh, moves, but I'm just gonna say he was the voice of Eeyore. Yep. And, and Winnie the Pooh. Also, the Predator from the original Predator movie and yep. the subsequent any animated. And another one that we found funny. He was the, the voice of the Mogwais and Gremlins in the Gremlins movie. <laughs> yes. So good on Peter Cullen. He's a legend. All right? Yes, he is. Next up, playing the role of Optimus Primal, Ron Perlman. I'm not going to go through all of Ron Perlman's stuff. He's been in over 200 titles, by the way. I will just say his first movie was a movie called Quest for Fire in 1981. But you guys remember him from the original Hellboy series, the show Sons of Anarchy, and of his most recent film, Not Named Transformers, How I Got There in 2022. Everybody knows Ron Perlman. Of course, if you're a UFC fan, you know him from the narrator for pretty much every UFC event. Yep. Next up, playing the voice of Scourge. 
Peter Dinklage. Of course, uh, his first movie, Living in Oblivion in 1995, but you remember him from X-Men Days of Futures Past. Three billboards. Of course, Game of Thrones is probably the one that most people remember Peter Dinklage from. And uh, most recently, not named Transformers, American Dreamer in 2022. Mm-hmm. By the way, the, the the cover for that that I saw, the poster, is Peter Dinklage lying on a floor passed out. Like a bathroom <laughs> floor. So I don't know what it's about, but I'm like, I'm almost interested in seeing this movie. Next up, I should say this. She is your reigning Oscar-winning actress of the year, Michelle Yeoh. I can't give her enough enough for her. Uh, she played the voice of Air Razor in this film, of course. Uh, back in the day, she started off in Kung Fu Flicks, uh, The Owl vs. Bumbo in 1984. The first movie that kind of got imported to the United States that wasn't just all of, uh, of a uh, Chinese Kung Fu movie yep. was Super Cop in 92, the Jackie oh, Chan right. film. Oh, yeah. She yeah. was in that. She also was in the sequel, which wasn't as talented no, as much. No, but so. Her first movie that was like an international success outside of China, Tomorrow Never Dies in 1997. Oh, okay. She was also in Shang-Chi in 2021. Of course, she won the Oscar for Best Actress and Everything Everywhere All at Once in 2022. So she is your reigning Best Actress uh, Oscar Award winner. Next up, and uh, last for the ones that I'm doing a deeper dive on, if you will, and I saved the best for last just for Diesel, playing the voice of Mirage, Mm -hmm. the great Pete Davidson. (laughs) (laughs) Pete Davidson's first movie, Tubby Men, in 2013. You remember him. He was in the Suicide Squad in 2021. Of course, me and Ron uh, enjoyed him in Bodies, Bodies, (laughs) Bodies in 2022. And his last two films that he did, he's been in three films in 2023, if you didn't know, but the other two were cameos. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as a cameo and Fast X as a cameo. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, He's the the hacker guy. Yes, there you go, Diesel. So you got to see a lot of Pete Davidson this year. Your love for Pete Davidson, does it just not grow stronger, Diesel? Oh, Mm. just one of the best SNL cast members of all time. (laughs) (laughs) The the boss in Kanye West's life. uh, Just just a great human being. So I promised my kid, because I know your hatred of Pete Davidson. I can't stand Pete Davidson. I I, I told my kid I was going to ask you on air, so I'm going to hit it. Do you hate Pete Davidson just because he annoys you? And that's probably the reason. Or are you just because he, you're Team Kanye? <laughs> a little bit of both. Kanye is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. I would just like to point out before we go any further, because I don't want that smoke, and neither does Ron, I don't believe. But uh, So, Yanisha, had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband because they're raping everybody out here. That's the diesel warning for those of you who don't know. And if you want any hate, send it to at Big Natty Cool on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, just real quick, I want to give some shout-outs here. Uh, we're not going to mention like a lot of any of the stuff that they're really in, uh, but Liza Cushy played RC in this movie. Uh, on top of that, David Soblov played Rhinex and Battletrap. And, of course, given a big... Actually, I will give him a short shot because we, we all love this man. Coleman Domingo is the voice of Unicron in this movie. Yes. Of course, you remember him from Lincoln, Selma, Fear of the Walking Dead for the fans of Fear of the Walking Dead. And I know Diesel's a big fan as well. Uh, Euphoria, he was in the Candyman movie. Coleman Domingo is fucking amazing. I don't think he gets to do... And uh, I wish he had more lines in this movie. Yeah, I, I will say that. Well, now that we've gotten through who's in the movie, who made the movie, and all that happy stuff, there's only one way we can finish up the spoiler-free section, and that is with a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation with a spoiler-free why. And we're going to start with the easiest one of all time. Ron, what is your thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation for Transformers Rise of the Beasts? I'm automatically a thumbs up. Just going to say it right now straight as as an arrow. It's thumbs up. Go see it. Uh, I think it's actually... It does fit with Bumblebee and being a part two to that. Um, it is 
a good action flick on its own. Um, that you don't really need to see Bumblebee beforehand. Um, so it has its own storyline and whatever. And, it, it, you know, it is one of those soft reboots. So they're, and I, you know, feel that they're leading away from, obviously leading away from the original set of movies because it's just things that aren't lining up right, but it's a solid movie to watch on its own. Well, you had to go away from that at some point. Diesel, yeah. what is your recommendation for Transformers Rise of the Beasts? The most mundane thumbs in the middle. Oh, it does have some cool action scenes. It does have some cool... It's got a great soundtrack, so I will give major props for that. You have plot holes that you can fit the entirety of Unicron through. It's a good popcorn movie. I am indifferent. Like I didn't leave the movie excited that I saw the movie, but I didn't leave the theater upset that I saw the movie. I was indifferent to the movie. Well, there you go. Um, that's interesting. Big enough holes, Diesel. I know you love your holes. With that, I have holes. <laughs> with that being said, I am giving it a thumbs up. I'm giving it a thumbs up. I did enjoy the movie. I think it's worthwhile to go see. Uh, if you have time and the and the and the funds to go see in the theater, I would say go see in the theater because it is a great experience. And uh, if not, uh, when it comes out on streaming, I, I would definitely say give this a watch. It's a definite thumbs up from me. Well, that's going to do it for the spoiler-free portion of the 3FN Movie Club review of Transformers Rise of the Beasts. We're going to take our break. When we come back from the break, we're going to jump right into the spoiler-full review right after these words from one of our friends. All right, guys, this is Jill Whitlow from Night of the Creeps, and you are listening to the Vivacious Three Fat Nerds. Step in a little social landmines and got depression with self medication. I'm dying to some real men. I love the commas and kids getting smashed on the front line. So take it with that decision and fit for precision in every word. Stop that from the phone game and start your camera. I've been cooped up forever, dude. This is probably a lot for you, huh? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought after the car chase we were boys. What are you? The name's Mirage. Come on. Give me a little, give me a little, give me a little, give me a little tap. Give me a little tap. There you go. Now we're friends. Oh, great. The gang's here. They're more like you? a human here i'm nobody i ain't even seen nothing i'm not even seeing anything right now that's right that's a little clip from transformer rise of the beast and of course that clip featured diesel's favorite actor of this millennia that's right the great pete davidson <laughs> we're gonna drill that home all through this uh, review diesel i want to make sure by the end of this review you know that you love pete davidson <laughs> fucking bad uh, like, put on an actual voice don't just talk like you normally he do. did definitely play pete davidson yeah well with that we're going to dive, be diving in to our spoiler full review of transformers rise of the beast so this is your final warning if you have not seen transformers rise of the beast and you do not want the movie spoiled this is where you stop the podcast and you come back after you've seen the movie and listen to what we had to say. But if you've already seen the movie or you just don't care about it being spoiled, this is about to be your time to hear our spoiler full review, which starts right about... 
now. All right, we're going to jump in. Of course, we don't usually go through the full movies. We give you a little synopsis over the top, but we just kind of do our likes, dislikes, and then we go into the game before giving our scores. So uh, I'm going to just kick it off by saying this, and I we said it before in the show, and I'm going to say it. One of the biggest positives in this movie before I even give any kind of like kind of the flow of the movie is the soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was. This movie opens with Cream by Wu-Tang Clan. It features such great hits as Mama Said Knock You Out. We got some Tribe Called Quest in there. You got some De La Soul in there. You got some Biggie in there. Although, I will say this. The negative for the Biggie is not because of Biggie, because I love Biggie. We are from New York. However, uh, they did play Hypnotize, which was off of 1996's uh, Life After Death. And uh, this movie took place in 1994. So, you know, and so my kid pointed out after the fact, he was like, well, the fight scene at the end has a new song. in it." I'm like, I get that. But that wasn't played for everybody in the world. Hypnotize was on the radio inside Mirage. So that was played in the car. I was like, that's the difference between two. The one was made for the, you know, the movie, the audience, the people there as they were fighting did not hear the song at the end. Yeah. The people in that world were listening to Hypnotized by Biggie two years before it came out. Well, a year and a half, basically, before it came out. So I'm like, eh, but it's not big enough to take away a ton of points. It was just kind of like they played such good attention to everything else that I'm like, I can't believe they dropped the ball there. Like, But then again, off of uh, you know Ready to Die, I don't know what Biggie song they would have put on there. Yeah. You'd have to, you kind of had to go with the more you know, happy, upbeat, something like Hypnotized. Yeah, I'll take a little bit of artistic uh, creativity on that, like, yeah, it happened, you know, a year and a half after was when it actually got released. But in this alternate universe, maybe Biggie, like, released the album two years early. You never know. <laughs> so this movie is another thing. 2023, the year of the hot open movie. The hot yes. open movie because we get the backstory from the from the Maximals planet of basically when uh, Unicron comes and he sends his, uh, his minions, if you will, led by Scourge to their planet to re- to to take back the key so they can jump through uh time and space, space. basically and uh so he can conquer everything if he wants to and we get you know back then you get you know your introduction you know to optimus primal and to cheetar and rhinax and air razor as they're basically hey get off this planet with it protect it hide it because if not unicron is going to like own the fucking gal universe yeah, yeah. And so they make it out of there because Scourge is busy fighting, and uh, you know he he wins. But uh, his uh, you'll learn this throughout the movie. I give him this for the storyline with with Scourge is his uh, his ego gets in the way of things. Yes. So like he can't just take the L and like move on. Yeah. He's gotta he's gotta one up somebody. So that kind of comes back to bite him in his ass. Well, they end up on Earth, and they end up on Earth five thousand years ago. Because you can put that together from the structures that were yeah. built. Yes. And I do like the line. I got to say, later on in the movie, when we hear the line from Optimus Primal, as the, the one scientist is asking him, like, so the Nazca lines and the pyramids, you guys did all that? And like, nope, can't take credit for human ingenuity. I yeah. thought that was yeah. of an yeah. interesting take there. So we are now boosted into 1994 New York, more specifically Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Which, of course, uh, that was kind of awesome to see. And we got cash rules, everything around me. Cream, get that money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And I love the fact that our, our hero, Noah, was uh, putting together a cheater box. Yeah. Yes. It was kind of like, it, it touched my soul that there was a cheater box <laughs> sighting in a movie in 2023. And there's probably a bunch of kids going, what the fuck is that? That's how you steal cable back That's in the day, right. man. And it was always, my cousin from Brooklyn <laughs> can get you one of these boxes. It's going to cost you 120 bucks. So he was the cousin from Brooklyn. Yeah. Nope. 
And of course, uh, we find out he's got a little brother, Chris, and we find out that Chris has uh, sickle cell, and that's really affected him. And also, uh, they have this cute little game where they talk over walkie-talkies, and it's Sonic and Tails. And I thought that was interesting, yeah. especially yeah. for a 1994 time. Uh, the mother, of course, working job and going to school. Uh, we find out Noah was in the military before getting kicked out. They don't say if it was dishonorable or yeah, It's honorable. led to believe that it wasn't a good thing. Right. So he's trying to get a job, and at the same time, they owe bills to for you know his brother's sickness, and the, the hospital refuses to look you know look at his brother, and he's down in his luck. He doesn't get the job because of his military record. The real villain, the American healthcare system. Pretty much, <laughs> actually, it, it kind of it, it was a good message. I liked it. I, I, I'm here for that. Uh, so he then turns to the guy that he sells the box to, who is also, we come to find out, a car thief. And uh, he gets uh, in on that and tries to steal a car. And, of course, the car that he goes to steal is this beautiful Porsche, silver with blue stripes. But it just happens to have an emblem of what on it, Ron? The Autobot emblem. Yeah, so that is Mirage. And, of, of course, as he goes to steal it, Mirage gets an emergency call because the, our young scientist, well, our young intern, who does all the work and another scientist takes credit for it, which that was bullshit. This is one of my pandering gripes. Was like, all right, we get it. White people are bad. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't just notice I, that, that one. That would hit me hard. It was like we had the white doctor. Oh, we're not. We're not doing anything until you pay your bill. And then you had her. Where you could just. I don't care what race our hero is, but just don't make Whitey look bad entire time. <laughs> you know, I didn't take it that way. I, I did. I did. Especially coming off of Bubble Bee, where we have the cute white girl that everybody loves. I, I took it as the way that it was like basically. First of all, I took it more as a damnation on the healthcare service for the first part, and the second part, I was like, "That's how what happens at jobs is like your boss takes credit for your shit." I get what you're saying, and you're you're you're. I get what you're saying; it's valid. But at the same time, I just took it as a different way. That's just personally me. Uh, so. Right. Moving on from that, though, she uh, they discover this uh, statue that has weird markings on it. And the young girl, because she's smart, Elena, uh, she fucking is like, that's not Nubian. That's not from fucking Africa. That's from, like, those those markings are like like Inca or Aztec. Like, I don't know what to tell you. The, the people are wrong. And so she does some tests on it, and the thing falls apart. And it reveals what we had seen in the beginning of the movie, and that's the key. Yeah. And the key sends off a beacon that... Humans can't see, only alien robots, I guess. Autobots. And, 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 and Terracons, yeah. obviously. So as, I'm sure the Decepticons could see it, too. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't get any Decepticons no in this movie. Not right. yet. Not yet. Uh, don't worry. Megatron's coming. <laughs> so with the uh, when this howl happens, that's when Mirage takes off on his own, which led to a really cool chase. I the, did enjoy that chase. The car chase scene with Mirage was pretty baller, I will say that. And then they show up, and you got that little clip that kind of fast-forwarded through a lot of it, but you get uh, Mirage, you know, introducing himself to Noah because he needs a friend, and then the other Autobots get there, led by Prime. Prime is upset because Prime doesn't want anything to do with the humans, and then they need somebody to sneak in and steal this key, so they're like, hey, he can do it, and he and Noah has no interest, but Mirage is like, hey, I'll, after you do it, I'll let you sell me. I can make myself whatever car you want, and I'll let you sell me. Yeah. And then you can get keep the money, and then I'll, I'll take off. And I'll we'll all, fuck off. And, and, and everybody's <laughs> yeah. happy. So he agrees to do it. And I love the part where he's like, they're getting up to security, and he's just like, I don't know, man. You're going to have to fly us in or something like that. He's like, I got an idea. And he pulls it in as a dump truck. Yeah. And he's just like, or as a garbage truck, technically. And he's like, he's like, that was a good idea. He's like, I told you it worked. <laughs> and they, they roll in. And... As they get there, the Terracons, led by Scourge, shows up. We get our first fight, and they kill Bumblebee. They yep. body Bumblebee like he's nothing. I was kind of, I was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I, that took me for a surprise. Yeah, I, it, I had a feeling that was possibly going to happen just because of how much they were pushing Mirage. 
So I was like, okay, so this is going to be the new, like, just just something new. So and it's it's just how it happened. We learned what bitch asses the Autobots are because they just get mushed. <laughs> well, I love the fact that Noah, after Air Razor saves the day and they meet back up, and uh, basically there's like he's like, well, if uh, my planet's on the line, I'm going. And fucking Prime's like, no, you're not. And he's like, listen, no offense, but uh, I'm not going trusting a guy who couldn't even protect his own planet to protect mine. I was like. Oh, pretty much shots fired. Blacka, Blacka. Of course, we got that really, I thought it was a real fun scene where Mirage and Noah go back so Noah can grab some things. And Chris is up and uh, he then gets to see Mirage and they have this little interaction. I thought the interactions between Chris and Mirage funny, especially but basically Chris is like, I'll fuck you up if something happens to my brother. (laughs) And you're like, this is a little kid, like eight years old, and you've got this giant fucking robot. (laughs) He's not even batting an eye. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Mirage, I'll give him credit. He plays it cool. I will, honestly, I didn't mind Pete Davidson in that role because it kind of worked. I'm just going to throw that. That's just me. I know you're whatever. Yeah. So anyways, they have to go. They end up going down to Peru to try to find the other half of the key because we find out that, oh, it's not the full key. We broke the key in half and we need to go to the other key. So they go to Peru and, of course, more shenanigans ensue as the Terracons follow them to Peru as they discover this underground, like, civilization, if you will. And that leads them to meeting up with the other Maximals, including Optimus, Primal, Chitara, and uh, Rhinex. And it, I thought that was really kind of a cool meetup. And you find out there's two sides of this coin. Whereas Optimus Prime hates being on Earth and doesn't like humans, you have Opti- uh, uh, Optimus Primal go, I, I, we get along with the humans. Yeah, like, they've protected us, and we protect them, and, and that's what we do here. Like, they, you know, we entrust them, because there's a point in juncture where we find out that this tribe who has taken care of the Maximals, you know, since they got there, and they've grown together, is actually protecting the key. And he's like, Prime is not liking that. And he's just like, I understand you don't like that, but they take care of us, and we take care of them. And they're, you know, they're good people. And you get to see the side where, you know, Prime is willing to let Earth perish as long as they can use the key to go home. Whereas, you know, Primal's like, no, 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 no. We're not letting anything happen to these people. We're not losing another home. You know, and then you have Noah, who's like, fuck that. We don't give a fuck about them going home. We get that key. We're destroying it. And that leads us to like a, you know, and we'll get into the dislikes. So I'm just skipping over things, just going through the story. Needless to say, the bad guys end up with the fucking key. And that the death of Air Razor, which. You, we, do you want to say it? Yeah, okay. Say it now. okay. So we, we see in the first fight, like, they just body the Autobots. At one point during, you know, an escape from the Terracons, he shoots this little thing at Air Razor and it infects her. Mm hmm. And then it slowly t- take over, and then Primal has to, you know, take her down. You know, all means necessary, we must protect this planet, blah, 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 blah. Kills Eraser. We just watched an hour ago all the Autobots get bodied <laughs> by him, but a part of Scourge didn't stick with them. And, and I get it, they threw a little flying disc and shit like that, but they just wrote in this, this, this little corrupting thing out of nowhere. You I, would I, think I after he bodied bodied all the Autobots that they would be corrupted as well. well he, he did kill Bumblebee. So he didn't have to corrupt him. Yep. He was dead. Uh, and then you but get, I don't think that I don't think he just corrupted from touching. I think it was that disc. Yeah. It was that disc, but during that entire fight yeah, she like, makes the comment when you get when you get into a fight with when Scourge, you get touched he, by Scourge, he infects he, you. He, he he leaves something. But that's she's not she she doesn't can't be trusted. Yeah. She can't be trusted. But he only throws one disc in the entire movie. That's an easy fix. Hey, these guys are trying to stop us from this plan. Yeah. 
Five minutes later, Optimus Prime is just like, <laughs> there's, there's an easier fix at all. But he could have killed all the Autobots in the beginning. Let's see, yeah. It's a movie. You're thinking too much into this, I think. <laughs> so, because speaking of which, after they get there, when the most of this conversation is going by, we find out that there is a lot of energy here on Earth. Energon. That's right. And it's already here, but it can't be powered because there's no power source for it. But they put uh, Bumblebee on, a, on a rock of it. <laughs> on a rock well, of it. You know, you got, got to lay him the rest. You know, could, it, could it bring him back? Well, if there was enough power, it could bring him back. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nod, nod. You keep that in mind. Because as the bad guys get the key, they now open up the, like, I don't know what to call Stargate. it. Like, yeah, there you go. Stargate. I like that. And that's the, what tries the Unicron starting to come through. So Noah rallies the troops because, you know, he's got to be the, the hero. So he rallies the troops and say we're not giving up we're gonna fight is there a way we find out elena has the code to the access thing Which because she had written down can't remember three symbols yeah is that, <laughs> that's, that's how smart she is that's, to her credit it was four symbols okay yeah but here's the thing two of them were the freaking same one just the dots were on the other side <laughs> but, hey listen don't judge her she's been through a lot she was singing space don't bridge. go chase space, bridge. space okay? bridge so they get to so basically they come up with this plan that they're gonna because it's small enough the two humans are gonna go through the uh, the ventilation and then the the Autobots and Maximals are going to take on the the the, the bad guys. And it's, here, it's great though once the gates to mortar open and like it just <laughs> builds itself on nanotechnology that they were smart enough to have an HVAC system big enough for humans to crawl through. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of weird. Hey, well, listen, all, you have to have they're giant robots. They don't care about smaller things. That, that's true. Because think about the giant robots were fin through that tunnel. Yeah. they weren't thinking about that at all. Uh, but uh, that was just an oversight. They were like, "Oh, we just need something it's to like, clear it's things." It's just out. like Star Wars. Just an oversight. So now we end up with you know this is the big third act battle, and I want to throw out there, and I'm going to come back to some of these because we're going to do our likes and dislikes. But I got to be honest, why earlier? When shit was going down on their home planet, did these motherfuckers maximize? Like, all of a sudden, they go from being, like, you know, an ape and a fucking cheetah and a rhino to, like, full-on fucking giant robots like, that can kick ass. And they start killing things that they couldn't kill earlier. Yeah, they go for Super Saiyan. Well, but, they had 5,000 years to get ready for it. So, this machine, <laughs> this machine... I didn't realize I could do that. Well, he, you, know, like, you think you already done it earlier. Well, he, see, see here's, the, here's the major plot armor of it all. The Maximals and all that happened in the future. How did Scourge get to the past? That's the whole... Well, well, technically, they came to the past, too, because think about it. They came right, to they, Earth for 5,000 years. They came, they came from the past because of the key. Right, right. The key was the one that got them to the true. past. And then all of a sudden, Scourge and Nightbird and uh, the Battle Trap show up. So did up. they have to wait 5,000 years? Maybe it, maybe it was 1994 when they came back. I don't know. That's that's kind of an yeah, interesting that, that, point. That, that, that's but I will that. say this. The 5,000, I love how like the, the explanation for that was literally when, uh, when Optimus Primal was like, or no, no, sorry. Air Razor was like, "We are you from the past and the future." Yeah, <laughs> like what the and, fuck? In but then there's the conversation between Primal and Air Razor. And he's like, "He's not the Prime of Legend." Well, well, yes, yeah. because he's, Cause, cause Prime, that's who he's named. Optimus Prime is a dick in this movie. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of liked it. And Primal is named after Optimus Prime, right. obviously. And so, good point. So, anyways. We're getting into the, the nuts and bolts here. So Mirage tries to distract Scourge, and he ends up dying, saving Noah. Dying, in quotations. And as Elena still tries to get to the computer, and when it looks like all hope is lost... Be oh, no, sorry. First, Mirage turns himself into a suit that goes over Noah, and him yeah. and Optimus Prime are now fighting Scourge. Yeah. yeah, so after Mirage makes a sacrifice, the big reveal is Mirage is like, Hey, buddy, I'm still here. 
and then Tony Stark's them. But you yeah. have to, yeah. I'm still here, but you're gonna have to take the wheel. Is yeah. what he says. Yeah. And then he Tony Stark. Yeah, he becomes Iron Man pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And we have we have Iron Man, <laughs> Noah, and Optimus Prime fighting Scourge. And Scourge is of course on his own. But at this time, two things happen. One, there's an energy shot because things start to come through the the oil. And with the energy shot, it 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 makes all the nice pretty blue lights go off. Yes. So we have that, and then. We get some new uh, enemies on the ground, and then we start seeing a turn for the worst. Until, don't call it a comeback. <laughs> By the way, I don't care how cheesy this was. I marked out for this. <laughs> okay, so I, I, as soon I as it. I heard, don't call it a comeback, and I see the silhouette of Bumblebee, and he jumps out the fucking plane, he yeah. starts wasting shit. I'm like, yes! I don't care how. And I knew it was cheesy. I still loved every you minute of it. You knew it was coming. It was predictable. But that music hit, and you see Bumblebee, you're just like, And he's fucking Fuck yeah. shit up. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool, Bumblebee. Yeah. Fucking shit up. Yes. And he's dropping Roddy Piper lines. Yeah. <laughs> you caught that. I came here to kick ass. And then later on, you hear him say hello Ooh. to my little friend. And he's yeah. mowing people down because, of course, earlier in the movie, Prime tells him he's not allowed to go to the drive-in anymore because he just copies movie yes. notes. <laughs> uh, so he gets in there. And, of course, this is when you get the... Here's my bigger part of this fight. Finally, Atlanta gets to the the, the fucking desk, control if you will, panel, yeah. control panel. Gets the key there. They start fucking. She fucks with the buttons. Gets the code in. Well, this is happening though. Scourge and Prime are fighting now, one on one. But all of a sudden, Prime is equal powered to him. Well, like this whole fucking time, Prime's been getting his shit pushed in because, by Scourge because he finally realized that he had to be there for the humans oh my god dude like dude honestly this is one of my family so i mean at least to a cool scene but it's just like <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden prime is like fucking back to badass prime and like scourge is all the cannon although scourge gets the cannon shot and destroys the the, the little the yeah. little the desk or whatever you yeah. want to call it control panel and right right after that though prime says and i quote i've had enough of you Time to stop playing around and jams him into the lava and then rips his fucking head and spine out, <laughs> like his robot head and spine yeah. out, and throws it to the ground. And then, and then goes, You got something of my friends, and pulls off Bumblebee's mm. emblem. But for giving that back and then going, Hey, there's no way I can type in the code again because it's destroyed. Omicron is coming through. Unicron. Or Unicron. Sorry, I said Omicron. Unicron is coming through. What are you going to do? And Prime goes, I'm going to destroy everybody. Get to a safe distance. I'm going to destroy it. And once doing I destroy what Prime it, would do, finally, yes, yes, he's doing the hero thing, and he gives them. You know, uh, we're all going to succeed because earlier we had this big like it's for for all for basically fucking musketeers well, until one until all are one until all are one. You yeah. might as well have been all for one and one for all, whatever. Yeah, but, but yes, until that's all from are the one. animated movie. I get it. I, I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed that uh, there more than meets the eye was said about the humans <laughs> by Primal. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So, anyways, we get to the point where he he destroys it, and of course, then shit starts getting vacked into the air like it's uh, uh, space balls. Yeah, that's uh, the best thing I can say. So, because only the stuff that came out of the hole is going back in the yeah. hole. Heh. that was funnier than I thought it would be. So then. Prime's getting sucked in, too, because obviously a vacuum. But all of a sudden, as it looks like he's gone, he gets stopped because it's Noah in his Iron Man suit, if you will. Iron Mirage suit, we'll call yeah. it. Yeah, Iron Mirage. And he says, you know, I'm not leaving you. We're together. And he starts pulling him back. But all of a sudden, the, the axe slips out of his hand. But then as he goes to fly away, boom, he's grabbed by Primal. And Primal gives him the, the all, you know, all for one line. To all or one. There you go. Thank you, Ron. You're the expert in this, not me. I know. I get you. And out of nowhere, has enough power to throw him back. 
him turn into a truck and him and Noah are yeah, shit yeah. it off while well, they skate out like it's nothing. Like, what the and fuck they, is going on? And Primal's just running. <laughs> yeah. Like a gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything, they get off in yeah. time and hey, we're all happy. Things are good. Things yeah. are great. That's not the end of the movie, though. We get it. We get, and I'll give them this. The one thing that was usually fun about the other Transformers films, even if I didn't like them, was always the odd ending Optimus Prime speech. We get the end Optimus Prime speech, but then we get Noah's speech. Yes. Oh, oh, we forgot, though, that when he was saving Optimus Prime, he was talking to his brother who was communicating with Mirage this entire time through walkie talkies, and he gave him that pump up speech to make sure he could. Oh, that was before Mirage gave him the suit. Yeah, yeah. So. We get to this, and that should have been the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Nope. There's one extra scene, not a bonus scene, but there's one extra end scene. That's my one gripe. That there's that extra scene should have just been in the in the post. Right. Because it kind of made no sense where they put it as the end. Uh, and basically Noah's going to get a job. And he's gone to this like warehouse like thing security to get a job. Gig, yeah, it looks security, like and again. it looks like a warehouse though. And he goes and meets with a guy up in an office, and uh, the guy basically is like, "Oh, you know, your 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 resume is late." So he yeah. goes, "Well, there's one thing on there. I was working internationally." He goes, "Really? Tell me about it." He's <laughs> like, "Well, I was in South America, and I got to work on my teamwork, and yeah. you know, it was just a lot of work." He was like, "Oh, you know, it's too bad you didn't even enjoy the food in Peru. It's really good." He's like, "I didn't tell you I was in Peru." He's like, "Oh." You were, weren't you? And you were also in Cusco, right? Yeah, yeah. With, you, you, with your big friends. With your, with, with, no, with the, the scientist Elaine and your oh, big yeah. and, and your big friends, right? That's where <laughs> you were, right? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, Well, we do know what you're talking about. He's like, We could use somebody like you, son, and and we would really like you to join us. He was like, Because we have a war that we're fighting, and uh, we could use your help and your your big friend's help as well. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I respect that. And he slides him a business card that he doesn't look at, and he goes, But you know what? It, as, on behalf of the United States government, just letting you know, we're going to pay for your brother's medical expenses for, for saving the world. For you know, he's like, you saved the world. It's the least we could do. Pay for his medical expenses. He'll have the best doctors in the world, twenty four seven access, and none of them will ever ask about an account. And he goes, "Are you serious?" He goes, "You did save the world." He was like, "I think that that's the least we can do." And he goes, "Well, I don't know what to say." And he goes, "Well, over time, hopefully, you will." And he goes to exit. And did you notice the plaque on the wall? Yeah. By the way, that said an American hero. Yeah, nah. he turned. He, yeah, the plaque that he <laughs> turns says an American. It says American hero on it. Right. So he turns the plaque and it opens up into this warehouse. And I, I thought this was a time where they missed out on showing the logo and stuff. I get because of the card. Because as he goes away, he says, "You know, we could really use you." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And then Noah looks at the card and it says GI Joe. Yeah. And then fade to black. And then we do have a bonus scene. The bonus scene is basically him putting Mirage back together <laughs> and Mirage coming to life. It was funny, but it was it was it wasn't you know whatever. So that's kind of the rundown of the movie. Let's jump into some likes before we jump into the dislikes. I know we mentioned some things on the way. Uh, Diesel, we'll start with you since you seem to not be keen. What were your likes other than obviously the soundtrack we talked about and how it looked? Uh, the the fight sequences were actually pretty badass. the The fight with them getting bodied in the beginning act with with uh, Bumblebee and all that looks cool as shit. The little spider things that came out of Scourge to hunt down the humans, they looked pretty badass. That was really kind of cool. Frenzy and Rumble, they were in the... Yeah. I wish they would have used their names. Yeah, Yeah, but they didn't. They just... Basically, they're his little... Yeah, Frenzy Minions. Uh, So all the action scenes, I thought, were really well done. The soundtrack was good. Yeah. That's where we were ending on the good stuff. All right. I'm going to piggyback off of that. I thought the action sequences were great. I will say this. I thought the third act action scene itself... It was kind of almost a reminiscent of uh, of Infinity War. 
True. Or Endgame, I should say. Yeah. And without the forced, you know, uh, woman power moments in it. But, like, I, I really did. I thought it was on that scale. It looked really good. It was, it was very entertaining. And I, I think all the fight scenes in this movie were really good. Like, the fighting on the side of the mountain where Mirage is going and you can see them. Yeah. You can see Scourge and Prime tumbling down. Down the mountain. Like, I thought that that was really done well. I, I, I liked a lot of all that stuff going on. Um, I did like the story arc for the humans for the most part. I liked how it was the most unsuspecting heroes because you have Elena who is a very soft-spoken, gets taken advantage of scientists and all of a sudden she's thrusted in trying to find the answers to save the world. And even though she's smart enough to do it, does she have the confidence in herself? And we find out she digs down deep to get that. And then you have Noah, who seems to be a guy who kind of runs from everything. You know, he's on the surface, he seems like he's tough and, and he's like there. But if you think about it, when adversity hits him, he kind of gives up a yeah. little bit. And I think he knows that. But in the moment when everybody's life is on the line, he, he comes through. And then his loyalties, because, yeah. you know, he doesn't, as much as Prime doesn't like him, he doesn't like Prime. And it takes two different talks. It takes the talk with Optimus Primal to Prime to kind of get him to see the light about the, the humans, including Noah. And it takes a talk with Elena about how basically Noah and Prime are the same person. Prime's like the big brother who's trying to take care of his people, and you're the big brother who's trying to take care of your family. And that's all you're trying to do. But you guys go about it two different ways. But a lot of the ways, you're the same. And I was like, okay, that's cool that they added that stuff in i did like uh i like the design of all the robots yeah including the bad guys i thought scourge looked cool as shit yeah uh, I, I did like when they transformed as well because they look cool as fuck transformed. He was pretty much the Jeepers Creepers mobile with a fucking toe on the <laughs> back. <laughs> and with all the badges that yeah, he took yeah, off of uh, yeah. the different things on, he's on killed. The hood, on his, and, on his fender, yeah, yeah. grill. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I liked I liked every, I liked all that. I liked the, I even liked the people they chose for the Autobots. They didn't go with your standard, like, I mean, we got Bumblebee, we yeah. got Mirage, we got RC. Then you got uh, Stratosphere as the old... Yeah, we, whenever they make a jet for the Autobots, it's an old. I, I just want to throw this out there. The funniest line though is like, "Are we any first class for my legs?" Oh no, we're not. I, I'm walking to Peru. <laughs> that was a great line by Mirage. Yeah. I'm walking to Peru. And then wheel, and then uh, Wheeljack, which was the funny part is they used the racist line because of Revenge of the Fallen. That was one of the gripes on two of the characters that they were racist. Oh yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. So that that was their jo- that was they put their joke in there. Like, yeah. Oh what? You gonna be racist about it? Like I don't have an accent. I'm from, I'm from Cybertron. No, no, Noah's my, my favorite is Noah's response to that was, "Well, you're, you're how can I be racist? You're a robot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah that, that was the whole joke for that. Optimus Prime pulled it off. Hey. <laughs> well, he I wouldn't say he was he was racist, but against the human race as a whole. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so but he was, comes around. He becomes you know a heart of gold. Uh, Ron, I'm going to let you go for some likes now too, so I can play off of some of them. All right, so. Uh, like the the hot open with the Maximals was fine because they are from the future. Uh, it is the same. They are from the future in the cartoon too. So um, they just use the time ge- gate to get you know the time key to get them there back. Uh, it works. Um, and seeing you know Big Ol' Optimus Primal is fine. Uh, it's just like uh, then you get into the main story, which is like oh it's seven years later or after Bumblebee. I it's like okay it's fine you know so the only Autobots that showed up after Bumblebee was RC Mirage Stratosphere and that we know Jack, about that we know about but it's like you think of this kind of big battle all hands on deck it, it would have been all hands on deck but you know it's it's fine um this the overall story was very Transformer story it, it, it's been bit, bits and pieces from a bunch of little of the cartoons and comics and yeah. stuff and just kind of meshed into one. Uh, so it was fine. The human arc was fine. There, I thought, you know, them doing, you know, the classic, uh, freight line looking 
uh, Optimus Prime finally, yeah. instead of the newer, which is fine. I, I, like I, do, I do like the classical, right? Like that, you know. Obviously, they're just keeping Bumblebee as the Camaro. It's fine. It it, it works. Uh, Mirage actually turning into the F one car real quick to be like, hey, you can sell me as an F one car if you want to. Was fine. You know, you got to see him in his original you know style, which is fine. Um, then you get like the to the you know the problem with the maximals is they're the same size if you know the story they're not the same size but fine whatever it, it, it works um the fact you know there's a lot just everything else it, it, it actually the story moves along like a transformers movie so it's just like okay we're here battle happens okay we got to go here battle happens we got to go here and it's just that's ABC. very linear. Yeah, that, that, and it's fine. It, it works for what it is. But I kind of like that because there was never really too much of a downtime. Yeah. Because like you, a lot of times we have problems in two-hour movies where there's the dead time to like exposition yeah. dump. That the ex- exposition dumps were like kind of strategically placed in yeah. between battles. So it's yeah. like battle, like ten minutes of dump. Yeah. Battle, ten yeah. minutes. So it was almost like a comic book in a way. Yeah. yeah, very much so. And like I said, Stratosphere was only created so they had a plane. Like it, it, it's the only reason why it was there. And a, sc- a shock suit. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I like you know. Yeah. Now let's go to dislikes. We'll go to Diesel last, just because I know that he's going to have a list. <laughs> uh, I have a list. It's just, there is some list. issues. So I, I admit completely, there's some cheesy things that happened in this movie that I still was a fan of. I.e., the Bumblebee, don't, you know, return. Yes, you could see it coming a mile away. There was plot armor yeah. all over it. Yeah. I mean, they lay him down where he could be yeah. re-energized. And the thing that happens happens for him to be re-energized, yeah. and then boom, you know, he comes. But Strat- it was so, the only one that doesn't isn't at the fight, and he just drops him off and then flies away. And it was and it was it was cool. Yeah. It, but I was still cool. I can forgive all of that because yeah. it was fucking cool. Let's be honest. Uh, but there was some other like plot armor stuff that I'd be remiss because we we talk about plot armor in movies and it's like and there's like there's a ton of built-in plot armor i agree with you with the air racer thing even though we were talking about the likes of time but like all of a sudden you can do that then why didn't you do that to other things like why is this not even a thing secondly you are beating the living shit out of these guys but then when it comes down to it in the end fight scene all of a sudden you lose all your powers right before you get fucking killed like and your team you know his team was strong too because his team was beating the shit out of prime and bumblebee and mirage and all of a sudden you know we get we get the fun and cool scene with uh, optimus primal and prime killing the one guy and you're just like oh okay yeah that was that was pretty cool but at the same time you're like but a minute ago, he was just kicking the shit out of, like, four of you. Like, yeah. I don't understand how all of a sudden it was like, oh, man, we got the fucking heads up. Uh, so I would like to see a little more there. My biggest complaint, though, and I'm going to turn it over to Ron and Diesel because, obviously, there's probably going to be some overlap. Anyways, my biggest complaint was actually not just the placement of the G.I. Joe thing, but we just rebooted Transformers. This is the second movie because you have Bumblebee. Yeah. This yeah. is tied in. So you have Bumblebee. You have this. I'm assuming it's going to do well. I'm assuming people are excited for it. Like I said before, it hasn't even opened in China yet. I'm assuming it's going to have a big return there. So therefore, we're probably going to get another Transformers movie in this line, which I'm fine with. Eventually, we'll get to Megatron and such. I like the fact that they went to some different things before right. going to Megatron. That's that's another whole well, whatever. Unicron's still out there. So right, right. still have that. Well, eventually, you have yeah. that if yeah. he ever finds Earth, because obviously, he's floating around the abyss at this point in Juncture. He doesn't yeah. know necessarily how to get back. We'll find out how that works. But fine. In between, we'll get Megatron, I'm assuming. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So... And, and with all that being said, we did that, but now we're going to use this Transformers movie to reboot the G.I. Joe. And I'm just like, it, it's cool that they want to reboot G.I. Joe. There's a lot that they could have done better than what they did last time. And if they can hit a home run with it, I, I'm fucking behind it. I'd love to see it, right? However, why not wait until we get those next couple Transformers movies? 
Or if you're rebooting it on the side, why not do it in a different way? This seemed like, okay, let's rush and just throw G.I. Joe out there. And I get it. And But you know what it could be? It could be I'm fatigued with all this crossover shit. Because everything has to have a crossover these True. days. And I don't really think these... And I know that they've crossed over before in comic books. I've, I've read them. Yeah. I know. But my problem with this is I think it's too soon. We're second movie into a better version of the Transformers. I think we can all agree yeah. on that from the Michael Bay films. And why not ride it a little bit out? And if you want to tease it, do it in the post credit, right? Because it did make the end look like stu- stupid. Yeah. We get to the perfect like emotional ending where you have the the battle, like you know, basically Optimus Prime, like let them come if yeah. they they want to come back, let them come. We're gonna smash their face, and then you have Noah giving the human side, like you know, I'll, if I have to protect my family, I will. Cool. We're ending on that high note. You know, you right. just need to give me some Lincoln Park at that point and jump yeah. straight. Yeah. We're good to go, right? <laughs> right? And instead, we go, oh, we're just gonna have what should have been, in my opinion, a credit scene. Yeah. And it kind of bumbled it up and add Joe. And I like I said, I like G.I. Joe. I'm, I, I hope we can reboot it and have a good series. I just don't know why this was the place for it. Right. I, I, I did for, for one like that I forgot is that, they, like I said earlier, they could have possibly taken care of all the Michael Bay original movies at the end of this movie just by killing the, the, like the time key. So like that could have just rewrite the history so that all that stuff can go yeah. without even saying it went. So, I mean, and if they play it that way, it'll be fine. The G.I. Joe thing is, I heard rumors that they were possibly doing G.I. Joe versus Transformers for the next movie. And I, I didn't like that either. And that the fact that they're showing this, I think they missed an opportunity where they should have pulled in John Cena as his character from Mobile doing that interview. And then just be a random, you know, G.I. Joe, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, hey, I came up to this because of that. This, that makes the you know the, the, the bridge a little bit easier. Um, so I think that was a missed opportunity. They're just picking the new random guy that they you don't even know his name. Yeah. I didn't even sit through the credits. By the way, Agent Burke. I did the yeah, show. Okay, but Agent Burke isn't anybody in GI Joe. No. So it so it's like whatever. Um, I think they they're just showing their hands too much with this because they're because GI Joe did flop, <laughs> and especially when they the you know the second one when they took out everybody and added fucking a bunch of people that were just big name action stars to be like hey this the is the rock the rock bruce willis uh like they killed duke in the beginning like uh can and chain him and killed in the beginning and just been like oh whatever here we go we got we got the rock we got bruce willis we got you know blah blah um they should have just kept the, the G.I. Joe separate for now and just connect it off of Snake connect Eyes. Connect it later, like when they get right. a couple movies in. Right, right. And, yeah, and, like the next G.I. Joe, move on from Snake Eyes, but introduce Snake Eyes into the G.I. Joe, find whatever, and then move on and then have them cross over because they are big crossovers in the yeah. comics. It's fine. Uh, but like this was like that, that drop. Um, another great, you know, plot hole gripe is you hear Air Razor is in New York City protecting the, the, her half of the key but when she comes back to peru and sees prime she goes yeah i'm the only one left well there was no introduction of any other maximals yeah when they leave there's only them that, on that, the that. ship that well, we, you know, that we see you only see. you only see prime on the ship well primal. not even on the ship you, well no right but did you see them with him going towards the ship, towards so you the ship and you see prime ones. primal looking out of the ship right and that's but all if, you see. But, if you have those four yeah then that's all there was unless yeah. there's somebody we don't even know about right but, he, but she said my well, i'm the only one left Right. And it's like, who are the other ones? Like, so now, so now you can't even really introduce anybody else because they're dead. Yeah, and you know, um, then then the, you know the plot is you know the problem with that is it they're from the future, 
and from the past because they're from the future. They're in so how does Scourge, Nightbird, and Battletrap find their way to Earth in present day to come back in time? And I can say Unicron my worker, does my, well. My workaround for that is that they it would be that 1994 was the year that they left. You know, in wherever they were, like you said. But you, you're saying they're from the. I get it, but and they never said that that right. would be the thing. Well, but that, that's your workaround. But primal. Primal was named after Prime, so Primal had to be in the future. But Prime have, was already a hero at that point. Prime, Prime, Prime wasn't yes and no. Like, and how this story, and how in Bumblebee and this, Primal's kind of a dick in both of them. Well, Prime is. Prime is. So, like, the whole thing is, like, he makes the comment. He's not the Prime I thought he was. Right, right. So, but I'm, I'm saying that at the point, I think that at the point that they have heard, you remember he was already, like... A, a, a leader. He was a on warrior Cybertron. on Cybertron. He was yeah. already respected yeah. before right. he came to Earth. Like, we do get that point. So maybe that's where they took it from instead but, of... But. I don't know. Once again, I'm with you. The plot hole is terrible because they didn't do anything to explain that. Right. So let's say that, that the workaround is that when they went back in time, it was like our year of 1994. They could have explained that. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, that, oh, because they were just searching in that time frame and then finally it caught up because time would catch yeah. up, obviously. But they never explained that, so then it leads to that a bigger that, plot hole. And, and then there's a plot hole on top of that plot hole. And then, the, you know, so there's another planet with apes, cheaters, rhinos, <laughs> maybe, Falcons. Maybe. You know, because... Uh, because that's what they take the forms of instead of coming to earth and having it blah blah blah, blah. you know it's it's, it's it was yeah it's yeah, confusing it's like, if, you, again, know, if you know the beast wars story the other pro the other thing that bugged me and i know it shouldn't have is in the in the story of beast wars in the future uh the autobots and septicons give up their right to transform and they become uh they, they shrink in the size because they get all the power of transforming but not transforming so they get stronger but they shrink so the few that's why the maximals are smaller and the Predacons are smaller than the actual Autobots and Septicons, so that that just always irked me, because like if you, you know what's going on, like literally, Primal is like a normal ape size to a huge giant robot, and ah. he's, and then in, in the story he takes the Matrix of leadership and becomes Optimal Optimus, and he be, actually becomes the size of Optimus Prime, and he's this big old, you know, and it's just one of those things. That it shouldn't have irked me, but it just did, and it's just enough to be like. Eh. I know it's a bad thing. Well, no. I, once again, though, it's valid because you are a fan of this line. I mean, I wasn't, so I didn't know that. Yeah. So it wouldn't have bothered me. So I get yeah. why you know that bothers you, though. All right, Diesel, what do you got? Right. Lay it out. So I'm going to go off of yours with the varying power levels that made no sense. Where you could just right. easily, once they met up with the Maximals, have Primal teach Prime something. Yeah. It wouldn't take that long to do. Get rid of the whole Air Razor being corrupted storyline and just put in like. Something where Primal teaches him something. Well, you could have done that, or on top of that, when everything went all nice and pretty blue, you could have explained that oh, that powered up all the fucking Transformers. That was like you could have had them glow. Like I hate to steal because from our favorite movie, but you could have had them glow. Like like just have all you would have had to do is like a shimmering glow effect, and all of a sudden they're powered up, and it would have explained a lot. But they don't do that. I agree. Something like that, you know, just a yeah, a power up moment because all that energy is now surging. Um. I might be on the outs on this one. Fuck RC. Far- RC was a stupid character was, that made no sense in this. It, RC did not do a lot in this movie. <laughs> no. really. Wheeljack agree. didn't do anything in this movie. Stereoty- <laughs> Dude, uh, Stratosphere was. was only there for the get him there to Peru. Yeah. yeah he like, just here's, here's the other problem I have. You have Mirage go turn into a giant freaking garbage truck. And that's another thing. Like they, they never really changed 
through the whole course unless something happened. Yeah. Unless they died or got a power up. So then you have Mirage, a little who can turn himself into anything. Anything, but nobody can turn themselves into a plane to get themselves to Peru. They have to sit on stratosphere, and stratosphere is for whatever reason. The Autobots in these movies that are flying jets have to be old and decrepit. Yeah. <laughs> well, because if not, then they would be like the Decepticons who are nice and flashy. <laughs> yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. Go ahead, Diesel. All right. Then once we get to the like the Bumblebe- uh, Bumblebee return and then the reveal that Mirage is actually still alive, but he's got to take the wheel now. If you're going to kill off your characters or have your characters sacrifice themselves, make it worth it. Uh, well, there's it, only one character that dies in this movie, like real dies. Yeah. That's Air Razor. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And it was, but like they have the two scenes where you think that they're dead, and it's like, all right, I'll forgive one. I'll forgive Bumblebee because of badassery. Yeah, <laughs> just, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. I don't give a shit. It was just badass. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but like, have don't go to that well multiple times. Yeah. And this movie did that the same thing multiple times, where it's like, oh, I can't believe they killed him. Oh, I can't believe he's dead. And then there's like, oh, he's not. Make one of them count. Make us feel sad. Right. Because I agree with you. Once she comes back, it's just like, uh, you just yeah. lost all credibility with me. Because everything had a happy ending. All yeah. the little subplots, the little brother with sickle cell anemia yeah. is going to be taken care of. Yeah, just, there was nothing There was nothing to go into the next movie. Yeah. That's going to be another complaint. Yeah. Sorry, real quick. And I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about it. I was thinking about this earlier. My other complaint is, like, you have the G.I. Joe tease, which, once again, we kind yeah. of, like, whatever about it. But here's the thing. What do we have set up for another movie? Like there's no there's no setup for another the, the, movie. Only the beacon being sent out and the Decepticon seeing it and coming to Earth. Right, but they don't even they don't even half ass explain that. Right, like, but, that, like, but that's probably how they're going to start it. Like they're going to be like, oh, what's this? But seven oh. years ago, the Decepticons were already here. I understand that, and they killed Cliff Jumper on the moon <laughs> with the uh, fucking one of the two names, the fucking triple changers. That's the other thing. You have triple changers in the other one. Nobody's a triple changer in this one. Gee, you got a fucking they can Mirage all- could change it to anything. Right, that, that's the whole Mirage thing. Mirage is an in, infa changer. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole other thing. Like, you literally have them as triple changers, and they say, they make the comment that that's something. But, no, I got, I, I understand. There's a lot of, there's a lot of holes. But I, you yeah. know what the problem is, is that's where we run into is because I don't, when they made Bumblebee, I don't think that they were anticipating making this movie yeah. either. So there's not something to leave. So we're going to end up with more plot holes. This is the bad part about this whole thing is unless they change something, we're going to end up with a lot of more plot holes if, in another Transformers movie. I found this movie highly entertaining. I'm going to say that. I thought it was definitely worthwhile. When we get to my score, you'll see. But my problem is that where do we go from here? Because once, like you said, we have, Holes from Bumblebee to this, and I understand they're loosely connected, yeah. right? But still, there's holes. So, and now because we didn't set up anything for the future movies, we have a hole for the next movie. Even if it is the Beacon and the Decepticons see it and they come here, where is the story there? We never got Decepticons mentioned. There should have been a mention of Decepticons. Yeah. I mean, there is a Decepticon badge on Scourge. I yeah. noticed that on his, yeah. but there was other Autobot. There was, there was other Autobot ones on Scourge. There's, a, there's well. other Autobot ones. There's there's a bunch. There's a there's another Autobot one. There's other. Uh, factions. I think there was a Predacon one. Um, it was. It went so quick that it was yeah, hard to get. But I mean, I did see a Decepticon. Yeah. But the, the whole point of the thing is, like, wouldn't you have a reference to Decepticons? Wouldn't yeah. you have like Optimus Prime just 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 because we're preparing for the future? Just say, hey, this reminds me of fucking, yeah. you yeah. know, the Decepticons. You know what I mean? Or like before that, they know that they're Terracons because. He doesn't know. Prime doesn't know that the the name for them is Terracons. Air Razor gives that information because yeah. they're from the future. Remember? I mean, yeah. so so why why wouldn't you have Prime instantly just think that they were Decepticons because that's who he yeah. has 
been fighting. Right. So you right. could have even if, in that throwaway line of being like, they're damn Decepticons. Then Air Razor's like, no, 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 they're Terracons. Which is, and then explain, right, I, I get it. But once again, if you explained it, then it gives you something for the future and the fucking Decepticons show up. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no issues with the uh, with them changing the name, but the fact that they call them the Terracons is also another little gripe because the Terracons was another subgroup that formed Abominus. And it's just like they were totally different. Well, I'm just saying it's it's yeah. the whole the yeah, whole thing I, I, for I, us that don't watch. Yeah. You know, I get once again valid for Transformer fans, and I'm glad you bring it up. But like for those of us who aren't on this side of the table, yeah. Yeah. we're we're just like looking at it like why wouldn't you tease something for the next movie and where we're going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like GI Joe it. shouldn't be it. Yeah, no, no, it shouldn't be GI Joe. It should be like even if you do, even if you don't want to pull in, um, uh, Decepticons, you pro, you can pull in the Predacons, um. Which is fine, and you, you know it's it, it would work there, and then you pull into Decepticons because right now, technically Decepticons are on Cybertron. They don't need to fucking leave. They got the fucking planet they want, so there's no reason for them to leave. So, so the Hasbro universe will not allow that. They are rushing. They had Bumblebee, if, which was a good movie, a very good movie, into now we were doing this, which we're going to do a big budget. This is our version of you know Endgame, like that high like. We're growing against fucking Unicron, the fucking biggest baddest there is. And now you're just where do, you can't go from like see I th- one to a hundred back down to twenty two. Well, I think what's going to happen is Unicron is going to show up at Cybertron in the next one, and that's what's going to be like oh shit. Well, you also y- for the casual fan though, Unicron is as big and bad as it is is not what most fans tie like most casual fans like us tie it we tie in the decepticons so you can all is forgiven when you see megatron like because we as fans megatron isn't a planet eater right but here's the thing (laughs) but we as fans when we think about the villain for the transformers we think megatron so you give us megatron we don't care that he's not as big or that he doesn't eat planets we're just like that's the baddest motherfucker around because he's Technically, you know, technically is, but. but think about Marvel. If it's like Marvel, there's giant planets that are fucking gods that are villains. But yet, when you think about the big bads, and I mean, obviously the MCU did this with Thanos, you think of Thanos. Yeah. You know, Galactus is gi- more gigantic than fucking Thanos, but in the comics, Thanos has defeated Galactus. Yeah, but you if know, you so don't- it's, it's a weird, it's a weird take because it's all about what the fans see as the number one villain. Mm-hmm. Think about the Joker is not the most physically imposing Batman villain. That would be probably Bane. Yeah. But in the meantime, you always look at the Joker like, yeah. oh man. But if they, if for the next movie, if they do like a GI Joe versus Transformers thing, and they don't bring in Megatron. You just went from a hundred to a twelve. Oh, I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. For the casual fan, Hasbro you have to at least bring a Starscream. <laughs> the Starscream. The Hasbro universe though was like taking what DC did and being like, "Oh, we could do that worse." Like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I got you. They're, they're taking cues from Sony right now and trying to make a Sinister Six movie. Oh, I'm with you because <laughs> they're I mean, doing this so if you, bad. If you if you listen to the you know if you keep the Michael Bay movies going, I mean. Uh, uh, Megatron's stuck in ice. <laughs> so. Right, but I don't think that they're going by that logic. Eventually, oh, they're going to not be able to help themselves tie in the Michael Bay universe. They are not going to be able to help themselves. I hope it, not, was a, it was a cool design for Megatron. At least. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, no. But do they make do they make Megatron the right size in this movie though? <laughs> I mean, because like because if you think about it, technically speaking, Megatron is bigger than Optimus Prime. 
Yes. When you look at the comics yeah. in the in the in the, in the yeah. cartoon, not not when you looked at the movie, he wasn't. Yeah. They were the similar size. So you you make them a little bigger just to be like, eh, you know. Well, yeah. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean. Anyways, I, yeah, I, we can get in the weeds yeah, all day, but I, mean, I just don't think that they set the table yeah. well. No, they didn't. I don't think they set the table well. Does anybody want to add any likes or dislikes before we move on? Any of you gentlemen? I, I will say I was entertained. I was sitting there, I was eating my snacks, and I was like, all right. And for a movie that's over two hours, I, I don't think it needed to be over two hours, but that was never a gripe that any one of us brought yeah. up. Yeah. It, it flowed very well. So yeah, it, I'll it give did flow that. well, and it, it's fine. Um, you know, the... the one other gripe is, like, there was very little transforming for a Transformers movie. Like, they they all transformed when they came in with Noah, meet Noah for the first time. And then they were all, like, they transformed once in the battle, and then they just stayed robots, or they maximized, like... No, they, they, they drove through South America. They didn't transform, they were already transformed. But I just want to point this out. They, you didn't see them transform into it. Oh. I, I just, I just want to throw this out there is probably because, lo and behold us, the executive producer was John Peters, probably, <laughs> and he said that uh, transforming is for pussies, <laughs> if you guys know the Kevin Smith story. And then, and then of course, you know, the Maximals only transformed once. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird though. I never said like like that was Air Razor never transformed. Like well, yes, but on top of that it was like for me it was weird cuz like when you were fighting for your planet, don't you think that one of you should have transformed Ape at least transformed? Right, yeah, but I'm just saying like wouldn't you transform? Like trans full on transform. They like didn't all of a sudden fucking that. Yeah, you didn't know you could do that. Cuz he says maximize and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh shit, they get they they look like transform. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah Why did they do that it, earlier when they were in jeopardy? Yeah. Like that once again, plot Cheetor, Cheetor and Rhinox maximize. And then and then Cheetor's got this fucking badass like uh, staff, staff yeah, yeah. double ended staff even that that, that they teach and Rhinox got a hammer. tosses the fucking uh, uh, Noah that Noah uses to disband of shit. Like I, come on, I, I just really wanted to watch Rhinox just gun people down with his double barrel fucking guns and just but they gave him a hammer instead. No, they had to make him Thor. Well. <laughs> Now that we have gone through our full spoiler full review, it's time to, uh, before we give our scores, find out what the scores from around the internet are. And you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. Yes, it's time to play the game, and of course, now that we have both participants, we're going to play the game the normal way, and that is, we're going to take give scores from around the internet, and it is Price is Right rules, closest to the number, without going over, gets the point, first the three points wins, of course, the final one is the closest to the number, period, because we don't do tiebreakers, it's got to be worth two points, it's got to happen. With that being said, gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Yes. Ron, you are our defending champion still. Only because I played math in the last one. That you is true. Here. I literally just played math. <laughs> that is true, but it doesn't matter. You still won. So with that, that means Diesel has to go first. And I'm going to give you guys a clue for once. I'm going to say this. Critics seem to be right around similar numbers, and the fans are higher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right. So with that being said, let's start with IMDb out of 10 using points. Diesel, what did they give Transformers Rise of the Beasts? Strictly average. Five. Five. Ronald. Oh. I'll give you a little wiggle room. I'll say 5.7. Okay. Five and 5.7. And Ron gets the point. 6.6 out okay. of 10. Remember, IMDb is also fans mixed yeah. in there. So there's a little bit of bumpage there. Next up, Metacritic. Out of 100%, Ron, you go first. What did they give Transformers Rise of the Beasts? I... I, I 
I hate to say it. I have to go 42. 42 for Ron Diesel. 43, Bob. Damn it. <laughs> 42 and 43. And Hopefully we're high. Ron gets the point because he got it exactly oh my right. 42%. <laughs> Perfect answer. Next up, Diesel for the block because this could be a clean sweep here. Ron Tomatoes critic score out of 100%. What did they give Transformer Rise of the Beasts? 46. 46 and Ron. One. So he's going $1, Bob, to 46. So if it's anything below 46, Ron wins the game. If it's anything above 46, Diesel stays alive. And Diesel gets the point, 52%. All right, Ron for the win. Rotten Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Oh, fuck. 82. 82 and Diesel above or below. I know you said it's going to be higher, and I think you're correct. But I think it's going to be in the high 70s, so $1, Bob. $1 and 91%. Sorry, I just fucked that all up. Ron, you win. It was 91%. That's a goddamn Google user score. Ron, you win. It was 91%. Sorry about that. I I fucked up. I'm like like trying to do the thing. But guess what? Ron does win. He's got the three points uh, for funsies, diesel, Google users. What did they give it? 93. Ron. 95. You guys would have been tied there. It was 94. 94. <laughs> you split the difference, guys. You oh. split, literally, you split the difference. All right. With that, we have come to the end of the internet scores. So there's only thing, one thing left to do, and that is to give our scores for the movie. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's right, and now uh, we're going to give the nerd score followed by my critic score. The nerd score is a recommendation score that is built off of our critic score mixed with an entertainment score, which means it could score critically lower, but if it was enough entertaining, it could raise the score instead of lowering the score. The scale is five parts, and these are the five parts. A one is no. That means the movie is terrible and it should never be watched. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not terrible, but it's not good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, it's good. These are average to good films. They're not essential to go out and see. You don't need to rush to the theater or buy them on uh, Blu-ray or even add them to your collection on Amazon or wherever you buy your movies digitally. You know, but if they're on like a, a provider you have and you end up watching them, you're not going to regret watching it, but at the same time, it's not going to change the world. A four is just take my money. These are the good, uh, the very good to great movies. These are essential films to see. If they're in the theater, you should probably go see them in the theater. If uh, you can go ahead and add them to your Blu-ray collection, maybe even add them to your rotation. They're movies you're going to be upset seeing multiple times. And last but not least is the rarefied air leveled for all the legendary films, and that is certified nerd. Those are the creme de la creme, the best of the best movies. Movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park belong in that rare air and so many more movies that we can list off. And there, uh, Spider-Verse was unanimous across the Spider-Verse, I should say. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, unanimous, certified nerd. So that just gives you an idea. Really great, entertaining films that you're going to see again and again, spend money on, and all that happy jazz. Without it, it's all out of the way. Let's start with Ron. What did you give Rise of the Beasts and why? All right, so I don't remember what I gave Bumblebee, but after watching this, Bumblebee is definitely a certified nerd to me now. <laughs> I, will, I will admit that, though, and I might have gave it certified nerd back then. I don't remember off the top of my head, so you know, send all hate to me. That's fine at redx.230 at uh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> but uh, this one, I'm probably a little high because I did enjoy it, even though of all my gripes on it. And that's only because of fan service and being a fan for so long. So I am giving it a four. Show me the money! 
the soundtrack like you starts this off at a three like it, it was one of the best parts and there was enough entertainment to push this to a four all the plot holes that we established and the little things that grab me knock it down the one point to make it a four instead of a five for me so right on right on diesel nerd score for transformers rise of the beast all right it, it did have its faults i was probably the hardest of the three of us that being said though this lands safely on a three it's good it's good it's good so i don't have the fandom that ron has but i was still brought into this movie and i sat there i'm eating my snacks and the movie flowed well and the action scenes were cool enough enough to where i forgive all the major plot holes to where i was like well I wasn't super excited that I spent $15 for this movie, but I was upset that I spent $15. It was just a mediocre, middle-of-the-road action movie for me. So, I, it's fun. Ah, that leaves me and my score. And I'll tell you what, I've, I have I, I tossed this around a little bit. I, I said in the on Patreon, I, I think I said in the beginning of, the, of this episode even, the soundtrack for this movie has landed, landed on a three alone. Uh, with that being said, there's a ton of, like plot holes and stuff but despite all of that i was in thoroughly entertained i thought this was one of my more entertaining films that i've seen recently as far as action films i like this a ton more than i liked uh the fast x and and, and, and other movies in this because like the action scenes didn't miss whatever the plot holes fucking were ah, and you're and diesel's right you could have drive driven unicron through the fucking plot holes and it would have destroyed earth and ate earth and, but the problem is is that they still managed to get these great action scenes. It reminded me of the best of the best in comic book movie action scenes yes. and other action scenes as well. It's just it was just it looked pretty. The soundtrack was good. For that, I can forgive a lot. So my nerd score on this movie is I'm giving it a four. Just take my money. Show me the money! Because it was that entertaining to me that I would watch this again just purely based off of that. With that being said, though, critically, I did give it a less score. Six and a half out of ten. It's above average and really driven by, like I just said, the action scenes, the movie looked fantastic, and the soundtrack was awesome. And that's what it's driven by. If you're coming to this movie looking for a story, they had a good one in there, and they just couldn't keep it together. They did not plan for the future at all, which I think is very troubling. I did not like the G.I. Joe reveal because... We're just getting Transformers back. Let's get us into the groove before we start latching it to another failed Hasbro title. What's next? Battleship is going to make a fucking uh, comeback with Transformers 2? I I hope that they don't hear this and use that as an idea because we don't want that. We already got uh, the Barbie movie. We can get that crossover. (laughs) You know, Barbie movie, Transformers, everything meets. My Little Pony. I get, but nowadays it's so overdone. I'm tired of these shared universes because... With the exception of Marvel, nobody else has done it right. Yeah. Yeah. And even Marvel has started to kind of, you know, let's, if we're being honest. Yeah. If, we're being, if we're being honest. There's some good standalone films in this last phase, but <laughs> as far as, like, togetherness, I don't know. I don't think it is anymore. But I digress. Uh, that's another story for another day. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10, and I'm going to give it a 4 on the nerd scale. It's entertaining as shit. Yeah. It's got to go up. It's entertaining yeah. as shit. With that, though... We'd like to hear from you, and we don't want you spoiling the movie for anybody, so if you would like to hit us up and uh, talk about, and you want to talk about spoilers, hit us on the email, Diesel, what's that email? 
threefatnerdspod at gmail.com. That's right. And if you can't remember that, just go to the contact us section of 3fnpodcast.com and that sends it to that email automatically. On top of that, while you're there, check out the social media links. If you want to talk spoiler free or DM us, go ahead and do that. The social media links are on 3fnpodcast.com. Check out the Patreon. Check out uh, the T Public Store. Friends of the show, our good friends over in the musical directory, sponsors, everything else. Your one-stop shop, 3fnpodcast.com. Ronald, I believe you need to get some heat. One out of ten stars. Very, very poor. I can't believe I waited in line for a half an hour to see this. As a film student, I take this as an insult to the industry. The child actors are terrible, especially the overacting Hermione. The story could have been adapted for film, not just taken straight from the book. And for such a big-budget movie, the special effects were terrible. But what was worse about the film is the fact that it has it attached to so many adults. You know something is wrong with the world when the adults are discussing Quidditch instead of any number of slightly intelligent topics. Still, it is a child's film, not a work of art, and at the end of the day, the kids will be rushing in a mindless thought to see the next film. The filmmakers have comprised the integrity of the industry in favor of stealing children's money. One out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks people. That is one of your artsy friends, my friend. (laughs) Diesel I'm talking to. As soon as I heard, as a film student, you just went into Charlie Brown's teacher. And I picked up at the tail end where it was like, this is like a slap to the film industry. Who is more pretentious, a vegan or a fucking film student? <laughs> They're both equal. Oh. They're both equal, in my opinion. And if you get offended by that, it's probably you. Uh, I'm just saying, like, oh. like first in that of all, scenario. My favorite part is it was also it was also like you're proving your point against your point because literally they're like this was a kids movie and the kids are gonna love it. Okay, well then I guess they did their job right. And the kids can't act except for that overacting Hermione. <laughs> well, what is it? Can't act or overact? Can't act, overact, and then and then the adults are talking about Quidditch at work instead of things. You're a film student. You know what you're talking about? What did Deming mean in fucking Silence of the Lambs? We knew what he fucking meant. He put it in a goddamn movie. Listen, every film student I've ever met, and, and mind you, we are all uh, cinephiles, if you will, in this room. We all love fucking movies. Hence why we talk about them. But. There's a difference between cinephiles and film students and the, the uppityness. And it's just like, dude, I there's no the film your film theory is the dumbest shit you'll ever hear. You know what? If a director does a good enough job, you know exactly what he meant. You know exactly what the movie was because it's a visual medium. And he doesn't have to tell you what he meant. Yeah, I'm looking at you, fucking <laughs> Zack Snyder and fucking Batman v Superman. Yeah, I had to give uh, you that one. Listen, I've come to like that movie a lot more. Especially I, I still love that trash, movie, but, but I, I know there's a ton of stuff in there. Like you missed this, and you missed, but then you failed. It's yeah, not I, my I, fault that you, as a visual medium, it's just like if I did not tell, if we didn't express to you, you know, our loves and dislikes of fucking Transformers: Rise of the Beast, good enough. That's on us because we do it verbally, and if we don't get it through when we t- we're talking, we fucking failed. <laughs> or like James Gunn with the, the Groot line, I love you guys. And then someone's like, I like to think that means that we understand Groot now. And James Gunn's like, you guys got it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, hey, you're like, guess what, guy? For once, you said something smart. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's just like every movie that comes out, and this is my new pet peeve on YouTube, I don't watch them. The ending of Insert Name of Movie Explained. It's like, you know what? Most movies pretty it's 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 explained already i mean there granted there are some movies that end a little weird and we love some of those movies you know what i mean but it's like for the most part 
when a movie finishes after the third act we're like oh yeah that's what it meant the comedian that was in cocaine bear like getting yeah. ready for the the hype of the movie was like this is a Marvel movie. You didn't need to read a comic book from 1984. <laughs> if you ever heard the words cocaine or bear, you're caught up to this. And you're never going to see a, a, the ending of Cocaine Bear explained. You're going to be like, hey, remember the ending of Cocaine Bear? Yeah, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> but by the way, there is videos of Cocaine Bear explained. And once again, it's fucking self-explanatory, okay? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, self-explanatory. So, yeah, now that we've gotten on that, let's just go on and say, just as a reminder, that's going to do it for this week's episode of 3FN Podcast. Next week, we will be back where the 3FN Movie Club review will be for the 1998 Jennifer Love Hewitt classic. Can't hardly wait. 25th anniversary. And, of course, the week after that, it'll be the Diesel Delusions will come to the surface as the movie that he has never somehow seen. <laughs> that It kind of explains what he described to us in 2020. <laughs> this is going to get me out of the Matrix. It's like it was like it was like me and Rod both were, kept going like uh, Truman Show. Never seen it interesting because <laughs> it sounds like the Truman Show <laughs> but anyways with that being said Diesel I can't wait for you to see it and can't wait to talk about it because that, that two weeks from now 3FM Movie Club Review the 1998 Jim Carrey Classic The Truman Show 25th Anniversary so those are your next couple weeks until then if you're on Patreon you're going to get some bonus ones including The Flash and The Blackening but until all of that we got to say goodbye to all of our company go bots go Okay. Uh, you know, if you didn't have the Autobots thing, you could have gotten a GoBots. Well, you know, one. the funny part is uh, Hasbro did buy the rights to GoBots. But Ooh, but how about oh, we get Transformers what? versus GoBots? But only the names. Oh, that's weird. So they can use the names in Transformers, but ah. they can't, They you know, so they can make their own. Well, with that yeah, being that's said, the thing. take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Come on, line. Let's go slurp some oysters. <laughs> Harry Potter just sucks people.